Welcome to the Other Side Sports Podcast. I'm Joe, and I got my man Anthony on. Anthony, what's going on, brother? Oh, man, not too bad. Feeling well-rested, man. Got my first two-day weekend here since pre-Halloween. Been pretty much on the work grind six days a week. So, feeling pretty good this Sunday morning, man. How about you? Awesome, man. Feeling good. As you know, we talked uh, recovering from COVID-19. Actually, me, my my uh, wife and my daughter, we all have uh, now tested negative and uh, but still we I mean, we feel OK, still not 100 percent, but but we're getting there and thankful that uh, we're negative. And uh, yeah, man. So I know we hadn't talked in a couple of weeks and we definitely got some good games in the NFL this weekend, got some interesting storylines, man. So let's get started, brother. All right, yeah, got a kind of a format here a little different today here for you. So kind of want to start off here just because we haven't – obviously it's the off season. Let's talk a little NASCAR for about five, ten minutes. We ain't got a lot, um, and then we'll kind of roll to the NBA, if that sounds good to you, man. Yeah, no, nah, that's great. Yeah, absolutely. Go right ahead, brother. All right, so we got a little uh, news that came out this week, obviously, due to COVID-19 concerns. It sounds like California is really going to be – not allowing, you know, the early race uh, in Fontana. So they went ahead and clipped that. Um, that was supposed to be race two following the Daytona 500, and they're going to replace it with the Daytona road course. So it's kind of weird. They're going to be racing for now, at least. They're going to be racing the Daytona road course uh, the week before the 500 for the clash, uh, which used to be the Bud shootout. And then, of course, they're going to have the Daytona 500 and then go back to the Daytona road course for a points-paying race the week after that. So just kind of want to get your initial thoughts on that. We kind of saw that first uh, Daytona road course race last year. So what do you think about that being a points-paying race this year? You know what, man? I actually like it because, believe it or not, you know, um, I know when we initially heard about the race, we got we were excited. I thought it was a pretty good show considering that it was their first time running it. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I didn't think it was too bad. Obviously, from my standpoint, you know, Chase has been the road course king. So, um, you, know, you know, it's always kind of worked out in, from my perspective. But I thought overall it was a good show. I think it's a good track. It kind of changes it up a little bit. And, you know, once again, you just got to applaud NASCAR to be able to kind of um, shift things, you know, at a moment's notice and, and, and still, you know, make the racing available and things of that nature. So, uh, uh, man, I'm I'm all for it, man. I actually like it. I actually love the road courses, man. They're, they're exciting to me. I know a lot of people, you know, maybe it's not exciting for the casual fan, but for hardcore guys like us, you know, I love it, man, especially when it's a new course, too. So I'm all for it. What, what do you think? Yeah, I totally agree. I think that having that clash the week before is actually going to benefit the race itself there after the 500. I thought last year, the, the Daytona road course, the first half of the race, the drivers were just kind of feeling the track out because they've never raced that track on with that particular type of car. I mean, you got guys like Kyle Busch who's done the you know Rolex 24 and Jimmy and those guys who've done the sports car stuff, but never in an actual NASCAR car. So I, I, I think that the practice that they have in the 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 uh, track time that they've had now, I think will really benefit that race and give NASCAR props, man. They're doing what they got to do. You know, in a perfect world, they'd be racing at Auto Club in Fontana there week two after the 500. But, you know, that's just not going to be available in February with, you know, the spike that we have right now in COVID-19 cases. So I really give NASCAR a lot of props for thinking outside the box 
and still being able to make it a 36 race schedule. And honestly, I think some of the teams probably going to be a little happier that now they get to stay in Daytona for another week for travel expenses and things like that. It's probably going to end up saving the team some money instead of having to go all the way across the country to California week two. They're still going to go do their little West Coast swing. They'll go to Vegas week three and then Phoenix week four. But, you know, it saves them one week now where they're able to stay in Florida. So I like it. I think it was a good move. Um, now it does add now looking at the schedule. I was looking at it here right before we got on. We do now have seven road courses on the schedule now for next year. A few of them we've never raced at before. Circuit of the Americas, the Indianapolis road course um, and of course road America. So it's going to be really, really interesting next year it, to, to your point, what you said, this is Chase's wheelhouse now going into this year, man, seven road course races. He's coming off a championship. I don't know. I know I kind of said this about Chase last year, but I wanted to get your thought. I just think Chase has to have like a big, big year. Now that we've gotten over the month of, you know, celebration and he's the champion and he, he'd earned it, you know, obviously, but I really think Chase has to go out next year and he's got to win like six or seven races. I know that's like high expectations that I'm giving for him, but I just feel that that's, that's what he's got to do. What do you, what is your expectations as a Chase fan that you are going into next season? Hey man, you hit the nail on the head. Yeah. I think he's got a, uh, I think he's got to back it up and be dominant almost like a, uh, like a Harvick type, like a pushing eight, possibly nine wins. Um, I can tell you one thing, though, that I've noticed about him. You know, obviously I follow him on the social media platforms and things of that nature. He's definitely changed. He's got confidence. I, I don't want to say it's cockiness, but he's just got confidence. Um, you know, he's been spending a lot of time here lately with, uh, with uh, Kyle Larson. And they've been yep. doing kind of like the dirt track circuits and things of that nature. And just seeing Chase and how he's carrying himself, man, you can see the pressure is kind of off. And, man, I'll tell you what, I, I'm looking for a huge year from him. And and, and here's the thing. Um, I just want him to back up that, you know, you don't, you don't want it to be like a fluke championship type thing, you know. Um, because a lot of times a person can get hot at the end of the year and they just kind of, you know, win the championship and things of that nature. We kind of talked about that before, but I definitely want him to just be aggressive because, you know, technically he's technically the leader of the organization now. And, um, from what I've seen so far, he's really carrying himself like a champion and I I'm looking for a big year. And, And just like you said, with seven road courses, if he doesn't win three, I'll be disappointed. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I I, I agree. I I think he's – I think you're right. I think we have to look at at Chase next year as Denny Hamlin, Kevin Harvick, Martin Truex Jr., one of the big three quote-unquote guys who are going to go out there and just win a ton of races and lead a ton of laps. And I think he's capable of that. I love what he's done this offseason. Every time I get on Twitter, he's racing something. Last night, he raced a quarter midget. Him and I saw Larson was racing. Chase Briscoe was racing. And then, of course, he raced the Snowball Derby a couple weeks ago. I'm not sure if he's doing the Chili Bowl here in a couple weeks. I know I love the Chili Bowl. I know there's a ton of guys that are going to be racing that deal. That's a little quarter midget deal that they do in uh, Oklahoma really really cool race all like 700 cars show up for that thing to try to make the feature it's crazy they're they'll race all week long but 
I'm not sure if he's going to do that or not, but I love the fact that he's just been in a seat driving all offseason. It's just been really cool, um, and I think it's going to help him going forward. Um, I, I would love to see him maybe even try to race something in the 24, Rolex 24. I don't know if he's doing that. I can't remember if he was announced for that I, or not. I think, but yeah, I think he is. I think him and I Jimmy. I thought he was, too. Yeah, yeah, him and Jimmy yes. and uh, that outfit. I forgot who the other drivers were. But um, um, Larson is trying to get him to commit to the Chili Bowl also. They, they've actually really starting to build a, a nice little uh, chemistry and partnership there. So I really like that move for Hendrick, man. I think it's just going to bolster the – I think Hendrick's going to be strong next year, dude. I really do. Yeah, I do too. I think what what really helps that is, and I think Alex Bowman, just Bowman's personality a little bit. I like Bowman as a driver, but he seems to be, I don't know, he's just him and Chase don't seem to mesh as well off the track. You know what I mean? Like Bowman's kind of like the prankster type, and Chase is kind of, I don't know, Chase just seems kind of like a dry personality yeah. um, when I, when I kind of see him. So I think maybe if him and Larson are able to connect and have that friendship off the, the track and then obviously sharing no and, and things like that, I think that Henry Motorsports will flourish. I think that's something that Chase probably didn't have. You know, Jimmy is an older guy. I can't imagine him and Chase had a whole lot in common. Byron's kind of a young, you know, punk kid type of Yeah, type of, the uh, scientist. So, yeah, exactly, exactly. So I just, you're kind of like a nerd, to be honest. Um, so I think that uh, I, I think that this the Larson thing is really going to help Chase. And, you know, you brought up an interesting point. Chase is the head of the organization, which brings me to what I, last thing here I wanted to talk about with NASCAR. Um, I don't know if you saw this, but Adam Stern tweeted this week, NASCAR, they, they brought up, they had a poll. I can't remember who did the poll. This was like from a, a university and one of the top 10 companies that have uprisen this year in 2020 from the 18 to 23 demographic for that age group, NASCAR was ranked number nine. Now, of course, like number one was uh, Zoom and number two, we had like Microsoft Teams, DoorDash, Grubhub, a lot of stuff due to the pandemic, you know, companies that have really grown over in 2020, but NASCAR was was rated in the top 10 as being, you know, they've grown like 15% for, for basically the fan base has grown 15% from the 18 to 23 demographic for this year. And I thought that was really interesting and really great for now. I haven't seen any kind of poll where NASCAR has grown to the younger crowd in years. So to see something like that, was just outstanding. So Chase is not only, I don't believe he's not only the face of the organization at Hendrick Motorsports, he's also the face of NASCAR. And I think when you look at that 18 to 23 demo, there's two guys that I look at as being the face and that's Chase Elliott and that's Bubba Wallace. So NASCAR really needs Chase Elliott and Bubba Wallace to perform next year, you know, have good races, win some races and, you know, be the focal point because, you know, they really got a lot of momentum rolling after 2020. I think some of the stances that they did, you know, for uh, racial injustice and all that, I think really helped help the the sport just with the younger crowd. And they've got to continue that going to next year. And man, when I saw that, I was so happy to see that. Did you see that? And what are your thoughts on I, that? I, I did. And one of the things I also um, um, heard about NASCAR too is they've gotten a lot younger in terms of their uh, marketing area, the marketing department. Um, they also they they just gotten a lot younger in the company as a whole. And obviously you're right, the social justice movement, but their ability to adapt and change and kind of get with the times is what's really putting them over the top, man. And I, I just think it's going to get better. I really do, because 
if you look at, I know they said that, uh, man, I want to say come the the beginning part of January, you're just going to start seeing an onslaught of ads for the Daytona 500 and things of that nature via social media and obviously via television, but social media is going to just be slammed with uh, Daytona 500 uh uh, ad so I think that's awesome I think that them tapping into the social media also you know what I'm saying in terms of you know we really need to 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 start uh, using that more um, in terms of a marketing standpoint I think that helps as well so I'll tell you man you know the both both Steve's took a lot of crap when they kind of took over and started changing things but dude it's really starting to pay off now man yeah, the new car, the schedule change for next year. I mean, my God, we're running on a dirt track next year. We're, we're filling Bristol with dirt and going, going Dude, racing that's gonna next be year. Crazy. March or April. That's that be is going to be crazy. So, so you just all these outside the box thinking. I really give these guys a lot of credit. But you're right, um, the drivers and their use of social media, and you kind of see almost all of them are on social media now. And they're pretty active. NASCAR this coming year, like I said, the two pie. I think the two biggest names behind this are Chase Elliott and Bubba Wallace. Those guys exactly. have to perform. They're the face of NASCAR going forward. However, there's a lot of young drivers that are going to appeal to that younger generation. Yep. Uh, Ryan Blaney, I think, is one. My boy, Matt Benedetto is one. Yep. These guys are just, they're just fun to be around, and they're active on social media, and they're just, you know, they're just, they're cool guys. You watch them on social media, and you're like, man, this is somebody I'd love to hang out with, have a beer with, yep. or, you know, yep. and, and go hang with. So, NASCAR, they've gotten completely, it wasn't like that 10, 15 years ago. I mean, I don't think anybody wanted to go hang out. No younger guy wanted to go hang out with Rusty Wallace or Bill Elliott or any, you know, even Jeff or any of those guys. You know, they're great drivers, but it's just a different marketing time right now. I think that's what made Dale Jr. so appealing in those 2000s yep, era. Yep. Where Jr. was so cool, you know, he had the backwards hat and the swag about him. And, and you know, I just think that nascar is getting back to that and you know they've really hit the ground running and i'm really excited for the future uh, of the sport man really really excited and i give all the credit to the Steves, phelps and o'donnell um they've got this thing pointed in the right direction and i'm stoked about it absolutely man absolutely and here locally especially for you know i live in the atlanta area man and i'll tell you right now um i you know we went to the mall yesterday and um just in some of those uh you know, some of the uh, athletic stores and things of that nature, man. I saw a lot of Chase stuff now. I saw a lot of uh, Napa stuff in terms of um, memorabilia and stuff. And so so I, I, I know the Migos really love Chase Elliott, man. And they, they kind of adopted him along with uh, Trey Young as being up-and-coming people in terms of sports in Atlanta, man. So I'll tell you what, it's working, man. I, I'm, I'm excited. You thought we were excited about last year. I, I told you this year is just going to be 2021. Yeah. be crazy, dude. I agree. I just – I'm really hoping and praying that we can get, you know, this vaccine that's coming out. It's going to be working yes. well. And yes. I'm hoping that by April – um, we got the Richmond race here in April. That's my local track. And 
really looking forward to hopefully last year I'm going to take my oldest daughter this year you know and I'll probably take both of them my youngest uh, youngest daughter admit her child will be eight so I got one daughter that's a, a diehard uh, Bubba Wallace fan and I got another one that likes Matt D like your dad does so I'm really hoping that we can get them they've never been to a race before so I'd love to be able to take them this year so hoping and praying for that absolutely. Got big things ahead. absolutely man think about it we said we were going to do five minutes and we're almost going into 16 minutes brother so that's awesome I know, right? man i know yes, i know all right let's transition over to the nfl um before we talk about the games today man let's talk about those dreaded just awful pathetic dallas cowboys man <laughs> so i know we didn't we didn't get a chance to really talk about the recap of tuesday oh. so I'm not going to give a bit much of a time on the recap for Tuesday because I didn't watch it. Thank God I was at work. And I, didn't get, I didn't watch it. But um, it looked like another pathetic performance. Is that kind of what you saw on your TV screen? Man, yeah. The uh, I, y- You know, the offense came out. They were – I thought they were functional. They were running the ball pretty well. And, and, and the defense just – Crap the bed, man. The defense just they if they do not get rid of Mike Nolan in that entire defensive staff, then something's wrong, bro. It it just they just they, they just did not compete it, man. I mean, they did not compete. And uh yeah, that team I I'm just gonna tell you, man, I think we need to just go in a whole new different direction with the coaching staff. That team does not believe in that coaching staff, man. They just don't. Yeah, no, nah, I'm I'm agree with you. Jerry actually, Jerry said something today. It wasn't was it today. It was earlier this week on uh, 105.3 The Fan in, in Dallas. Said something about before, you know, if he could go back and do it again, he would make drastic changes along that defense. So that tells me that, that Jerry is ready to fire Mike. Nolan. Oh, yeah. And I think he's going to force McCarthy's hand. Thing is, man, Jerry's not going to fire McCarthy after one year because Jerry's ego is too big. and He's not going to admit he made a bad hire. So he's going to keep Mike McCarthy around for at least another year. However, I could absolutely see and Jerry telling Mike, look, you're getting rid of Mike Nolan. You're getting rid of whoever. And, you know, I could even see Kellen Moore being gone, too. Yep. So Bones it's going to be interesting. <laughs> it, Bones, yes, yes. Fossil, I'm so ready for that guy to be gone, too. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they go forward. Um, I do believe Dallas is going to win today. <laughs> Call me crazy. Oh, my Cincinnati. God. <laughs> Cincinnati is terrible, I man. Know. And I not, know. not anything about Dallas being good. Cincinnati's just awful. I think Dallas will win today. I think Dalton will put up his best game of the year, his revenge game against Cincinnati. His, which I'm saying, I'm not saying he's going to throw for 400 yards. He might throw for like 250, but I think he'll play good enough to win. And I think Dallas will win, beat Cincinnati today. I don't expect them to win another game after that. I think they'll lose the remainder of their schedule after they beat. Um, after they beat Cincinnati today. So what that really comes down to here, what I want to talk to you about, because this debate has kind of been ongoing now for about a couple of weeks. And that, that, let's assume Dallas is getting a top five pick, all right? Because I believe they're going to win today. They're going to lose the rest of the year. Let's probably put some picking around number four. What do they do with that draft pick next year? Do we get draft a quarterback with that top one? Do we go Trey Lance or somebody like that or that BYU quarterback? Or do 
we, you know, and, and then let Dak walk and save that money to build the defense? Or do they just go ahead and, and draft the best defensive player? Or do they trade? What What's your gut telling you? What do you think they should do with that early draft pick? My year? gut's telling me that they're going to possibly trade out of that spot to get some more capital for the defense. But my head, and you probably won't like me this man, um, I – I just think that they should go ahead and get a new quarterback. I mean, I got all the respect in the world for Dak, but the way the way this NFL is now, man, um, you gotta have you, you got the, the the formula is having a quarterback on a rookie deal and just surrounding that quarterback with as much talent as possible and trying to get a Super Bowl. I, I I'm looking at it from an I'm a Cowboys fan, and I need a Super Bowl, dude. My 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 kids, my son is 27, my daughter is 20, and all they know about the Cowboys is things from the 90s, dude. You see what I'm saying? I'm yep. I'm sick of yep. it, man. I I respect Dak, but I just think that I just think that we 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 have to go in a new direction. I really do. Now, do I think Jerry will? I don't think so. I think they're going to sign Dak. I really do. And I think they're going to try to get as much capital as they can for that fourth pick. Because if you look at the offense, the offense is the offense. I mean, they're still putting up huge numbers regardless. Um, I was looking at something where they said Mari Cooper is um, looks like he's going to project out to get have like 101 catches for 1,200 yards and possibly seven, eight touchdowns. And that's with the quarterbacks that he's dealt with. You know what I'm saying? So... Yep. I mean, I just need a Super Bowl, man. I'm serious. I, I can't wait anymore. <laughs> I'm I'm with you. I'm with you. And so, first of all, I think what the Cowboys are going to do, I think they are going to do what you said. I really believe they're going to draft a quarterback with a number four pick, and they're going to use the money that's saved against Dak to go out and be, rebuild the defense via free agency. If they've got $40 million of extra capital now that they're not paying Dak, that's a lot of money. That's, you know, that's four players they could essentially bring in, four splash players to bring in to build the defense. So we'll see how that goes. I don't necessarily think that's the right move, though. Um, I would like to see them sign Dak long-term, take the best defensive player available at number four. When I mean best player available, I don't care what position he plays on defense because the whole defense is garbage. I mean, the D-line needs help. The linebacker core needs help. The safeties, the corners, I don't care what it is. So if I'm Dallas, what I do – is I go ahead and give $40 million to Dak. The reason for that, franchise quarterbacks are too hard to find, and I believe we have one, and I believe you've got – if you're a team, you have to project, all right, I'm going to spend $40 million on my quarterback. You've got to have that because if you don't have a quarterback, you ain't winning. And the reason I don't want to go a rookie next year is because I believe next year is the last year you're going to be able to keep Gallup, Cooper, and Lamb all together. I think you're going to have to either let – Gallup walk next year or you're going to have to get out of Cooper's contract and and let him go next year so I believe you don't want a rookie quarterback with having those three studs I think you want Dak because next year like I said next year is going to be really crucial because I don't believe you're going to be able to bring all three back the following year so 
What I'd like to see Dallas do is, like I say, draft the best defensive player available, and then in the second round, go opposite. So if you go secondary the first round, you know, go front four guy, front seven guy in the second round. And then in the third round, I think they should draft a running back in the third round, roll with the rookie running back and Pollard and get Zeke's ass (laughs) out of Dallas because – because he just doesn't they, – they have an out if they can get out of his contract. If he's not on the roster by day five of the new season, then his contract for next year is still guaranteed. So you're going to eat about $10 million in cap next year. But then going forward, all those additional years, you don't eat anything. So if I'm Dallas, I go ahead and eat the $10 million next year. Get rid of Zeke. I know you're going to have the $10 million cap hit for one year. Take the hit. But, you know, going forward, it's going to be better because I just don't believe that guy has anything left in the tank. I'm also starting to believe that Zeke is a problem in the locker room, man. I'm going to be honest. Like, I have never seen a team quit as easily as the Dallas Cowboys quit. They play hard, and then as soon as they get down about 10 points, they're done. They just quit. And the two guys that I look at, while Dak, they never did that under Dak. They fought and battled and scratched while Dak was in the locker room. So I'm looking at Zeke Elliott, and I'm looking at Demarcus Lawrence as the two leaders of that team with no Dak. So if they're able to quit, those are the two guys I'm looking at like, you know what, I don't even care what kind of production you're giving me. If that's the kind of leadership that you're going to bring to the team and the culture, Y'all need to get up out of here. Like, we don't we don't need you anymore. So, it's going to be interesting to see what Jerry does. I know Jimmy Johnson thinks the Cowboys should really take a quarterback. He was talking about it. He said, you know, you only have a top five pick once every few years. You've got to take the franchise quarterback when he's available. So, it'll be interesting to see how this thing shakes out. Oh, yeah. Forward. And another thing, too, um, a lot of people don't like when I say this, but uh, I think Tyron Smith should get released. Um, I just think that. I mean, you know, Tyron's been great for the organization, and you really want guys like him and Sean Lee. I remember we all wanted Witten to win a Super Bowl, but it's just time, man. I mean, that body is not going to get – I mean, he looks great. He looks like a workout warrior, but I just think when it comes to the actual football moves and portions of that, the body just can't support that type of torque and leverage and things like that, and I think it's time to move on from him. I think those young kids are getting baptism by fire, and I think that's just going to help there. Um, and, Agreed. you know, with Leal Collins coming back, I think you kick, um, you, you know, you can either kick Zach to the right or the left tackle and um, just go from there, man. I, I just think it's time. I mean, I you know, I appreciate everything Tyron's done, but it's time to move on, man. Yeah, I think that I don't completely disagree with you. I would rather see a restructure of his contract where he gets, you know, gives some money back. Um, Jason Peters did something very similar to Philadelphia a couple years ago when he was on the decline, and then Philly kicked him over to guard, and it worked out. So I was kind of looking as maybe Tyron gives some money back to the Cowboys goes a little bit low, which I think he would do. He's been a cowboy his whole career. And, you know, Tyron's not a really selfish type of guy that I don't feel. I don't think he's one of these guys that are just in it for the money. So I would actually move – Tyron maybe into the guard position. I think it'd be a little bit easier on his body, especially on his back, not quite having to deal with those beast pass rushers. And, and you know, he's coming forward as the guard position as opposed to being on your heels coming back as the tackle. So I would actually swap him and Zach. I'd move Zach over to tackle and then uh, have uh, Tyron go there into the guard spot. But also – 
Yeah, I actually like a lot what I've seen from Brandon Knight. He's yeah. actually played pretty good. He's been one of the few times I've watched and one of the few Cowboys that I've seen. All right, this kids can play a little bit. So I'm I like what I've seen from Brandon Knight. Yeah, Terrence Steele's yeah. awful. I don't hope he's not even yeah. on the roster next year because he is terrible. But um, Brandon Knight has really shown something this year, so I like that. And that is the one good thing about having these tank years like this where you just stink. You can really evaluate and you can see who can play and who can't play. Um, you know, we saw what Donovan Wilson did when he was healthy. Yep. That kid can play. Uh, um, Diggs, uh, he can play. Um, I'm sorry, Darian no, he can't. cannot play. He can't. He's got to go. Uh, got to go. Woods, he's got to go. Savior Woods might be the worst starting yep. safety in the NFL. I mean, he is garbage. I saw the highlights on Tuesday where he was just at a spot. How many plays has Xavier Woods personally given up this year? Long touchdowns. It's got to be. It's got to be getting close to ten now. I mean, he is just. He's. He's just terrible. He's got to go. And and I'm sorry, Mister uh, Clear Eye oh View. God. He's got to go too, man. I'm so <laughs> done with him. He's got to go. He's got to get his Clear exactly. Eye right out of Dallas. I don't yeah. care where he's looking at, but as long as it ain't in Dallas, he got to go. So so that is the one good thing about this evaluation. I'm still kind of upset we haven't seen Bradley and I play, man. I don't know what the what the hell is this coaching staff doing. Like Bradley and I, you drafted him high. Why is he not on the field yet? I mean, my God, we're three and nine. You can't fit this guy on an active roster and let him see what he can do. Like I still yeah, get yeah, it's it's crazy, man. It, it's it's crazy. We 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 definitely know that our boys need a lot of work, man, and we're just continuing to perform this autopsy every week and, and, and you know, come up with other theories, man. Hey, man, I'm excited about Jalen Hurts versus New Orleans uh, this afternoon. Yeah, that's my uh, marquee Absolutely. 430 matchup today. Uh, I told you, man, I told you a couple weeks ago, Carson Wentz was on borrowed time. And I believe that Jalen Hurts was put in. And I don't believe the call came from Doug Peterson, to be honest with you. I believe it came from the general manager, Howie, Rose. what, Howie, yeah. uh, Howie Roseman. Howie Roseman. And the reason I believe that is because I think Howie Roseman believes in Jalen Hurts because yep. he drafted him in the second round. So obviously he believes in him. I think Dougie P still believes in Carson. And, man, I'll tell you, Philly, Jalen Hurts could find them some lightning in a bottle, but what that's going to do for them going forward is just shocking. I mean, what what do the, the Eagles organization do if Jalen comes out today, let's say he beats Philadelphia, or, uh, sorry, beats New Orleans, has a couple nice games going forward, what do they do with that $60 million dead money that Carson Wentz carries over. I'll tell you, man, my gut feeling is is that they might keep Carson Wentz even if Jalen plays good because I don't have so much dead money. But I think Doug Peterson might be on his way out of Philadelphia. I just have this feeling that there's something internally wrong with that organization when it comes to Doug Peterson and Howie Roseman. I think Dougie P might be out at the end of the year. Um, but, yeah, that's going to be a good game this afternoon, and I'm looking forward to it. I'm rooting for Jalen because I like him, but at the same time, I hate Philly. So I yeah, hope and, and, and so you keep hearing, you know, you keep hearing things like, uh, Frank Wright is in Indy, and uh, and mm-hmm. and maybe uh, they can make some type of trade with uh, Philly for Carson Wentz. And but what I'm hearing is the general manager really likes Prescott. The uh, Chris Ballard really really loves Dak <laughs> yes. Prescott. So one of those. I'll, I'll, I'll. This is my prediction: either Dak 
or Carson will be in Indy next year. I really think I really believe that. I I just think that Ballard is really really high on Dak, and I think that um, I think either him or Carson will 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 be in Indy. I really do. Well. I'll tell you, if Dak is not in Dallas, what I'm hearing, what's gained a lot of steam, and I got my best friend has been sending me stuff every two days about it because he's a diehard San Francisco 49ers fan, and it sounds like the Bay Area believes that if Dak's not in Dallas next year, he will be the quarterback in the Bay Area. And let me just tell you one thing before we go get on the rest of these NFL games. You know, you said, man, I I need a Super Bowl because my kids have never seen a Cowboys Super Bowl. Well, let me tell you, I'm telling you, if Dak goes and plays with Kyle Shanahan in San Francisco, he's going to win a Super Bowl in San Francisco. There's no doubt in my mind. No doubt. And that'll make me sick to my my stomach. (laughs) I hope not. I hope not. (laughs) That'll be the ultimate, like, you know, oh, my God, what did we do to Jerry? Because Dak with Kyle – imagine Dak. I know, man. I know. I mean, it's tailor-made for Can you imagine, Jerry? They they would – have to really watch Jerry because he may have a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, he would. He, he definitely, he definitely would. And and man, just do it. Yeah, what Dak would do in the Kyle Shanahan's offense is just it would just be unreal. And it just you know just brings me back to how bad we messed up the coaching situation yep, yep. over the last five years. You know, we kept Jerry, yep. we kept Garrett for way too long. We like guys like Sean McVay. Like Kyle Shanahan, all these awesome young coaches, uh, Lafleur, all these guys, we let them just kind of go uh, to other teams while we stuck to our guns. And you know, we could have one of these dynamic young offenses, but unfortunately, we got Mike McCarthy. So you know we what? Don't have I just it. forgot. I got the freaking Falcons and the uh, Chargers this afternoon. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's a oh my god, that's a rough one right there. That. that is a rough one. But at least you get to see, <laughs> at least you get to see some Justin Herbert. Time. That's crazy. But Herbert. I'll tell you what, tonight's game, uh, the Steelers and the Bills. I think the Bills are going to annihilate the Steelers, man. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's go through roundtable here, NFL matchup. Um, let's start off with that one then. Let's go Bills Steelers. So you're going Bills. I think the Bills are a better team than Pittsburgh. However, I something about Mike Tomlin and losing two games in a row. That horrible game that they had on Monday against the football team. I think Mike Tomlin's going to have them guys ready to play. And I think Pittsburgh is going to something, something about Pittsburgh not losing two in a row. And then something about the Bills just being the Bills. If the team, if it was the team roster they had, but it was under a different team and not the Bills, I, I might pick Buffalo to win. But I just, I don't know, man. Just something with that Bills organization. You know, my whole life, that team has pretty much been a losing effort. So I'm picking the Steelers tonight, but I hope I'm wrong. I love Josh Allen. I'm going to go Lee Corso. Bills, big. <laughs> but I, I hope so because I'm not a Pittsburgh fan. But I love Mike. I love me some Mike Tomlin. I really do. So I'm. I hope that. Uh, I hope the Bills win. But I think Mike Tomlin's gonna have them ready to play. All right. So kind of let's go through roundtable. I kind of 
uh, spotlighted some matchups here. So 1 p.m. time slot, uh, Vikings-Buccaneers, Vikings at Tampa. Uh, I'm going Tampa on this one. I think uh, the Vikings defense is horrible. We saw Andy Dalton kind of pretty much shred that defense a couple weeks ago. So the only thing I'm concerned about is Dalvin Cook running wild on a not-so-great Tampa defense, but I think Tampa will bounce back. I think Brady has a big day, throws for 400 yards, and ultimately they come up. Yeah, I got, I got Tampa, and I think you'll see Gronkowski uh, just absolutely destroyed him in the middle because uh, uh, Minnesota's linebacker, uh, Kendricks, he's out. Yeah, he's out, and he's the number one rated linebacker, especially against the pass, too. And uh, I just think that in the guy that's uh, backing him up is terrible, is worse. So I think uh, I, th- I think Tampa should should uh, get get a nice little elixir today and get a win, man. Agreed. And then all right, one p.m. Another one you got here. You got the Giants traveling out west, going against the Cardinals. Uh, I know everybody was high on the Giants after that upset win last week, but I looked at it as, yeah, Joe Judge, that he's they're buying into what he's selling. But, however, I looked at it more like Seattle has some internal issues going on with that team. I think Seattle's a flawed football team. So, for that, they're traveling. The Giants are traveling all the way out west. I got Arizona went in today. Um, Danny Jones is supposed to start, but I don't expect him to be mobile, and that's a lot of his game. So, I just think the Cardinals will be too I, much I, the I'm Giants going today. Giants, the only reason being, I know uh, – Kyler Murray is still having problems with his uh with his socket in his throwing shoulder, and uh, I yep. I just don't think he's right. I really don't. And I, and I like the way that Giants defense is coming on, so I'm I'm going to Giants there. I, I actually like the Giants. I think Giants gonna win that division, man. I think they are too, but I think they're gonna. I think unfortunately, what's gonna happen today, and you're not gonna hear this from me. But I believe that the Giants are going to lose today. I believe Washington Uh might lose to the Niners. And Dallas is going to beat the Bengals. And everybody's going to, after a week, go, oh, my God, the Cowboys are only a a game out. And the next week, we're going to get blown off the field by the Niners. And we'll just be done. That's what's going to happen today. So you won't hear me as one of the guys saying, yeah, we're we're back in this thing after today. Because we we might, on the record, be back in this thing. But we got no shot the rest of the way, man. We're losing out. Um, uh, so kind of already talked about boys Bengals. I got the Cowboys winning the day. Andy Dalton's uh reunion back to, to Cincy. I think he's gonna he'll be good enough just to win. I don't think we'll blow the Bengals out, but I think we'll win 24 to 17. Bengals are starting Ryan Finley at quarterback. He's awful. I watched him <laughs> at NC State for you know three years, he wasn't good there. And he really hasn't been good in the NFL, so I have no faith that the Bengals. Are yeah, going to be me. Yeah, I, I think Dallas will get a win. I the only thing I didn't like is, you know, Zeke has a sore calf. Just sit his butt and let Tony Pollard get the whole game. You know, man. I agree, man. I agree. So let Tony Pollard and who's that other guy that? Uh, man, he had a nice kick return a couple oh, Rico, of South Carolina, uh, like uh, Riddle or whatever. Din, Din Rico Rico Dinwiddle, yeah, 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 yeah. Rico Solid. Yeah, let let Paul, let Pollard, yeah, let Pollard be the main guy. Let uh let Rico come in and you know get five to ten carries as his backup and put Zeke's <laughs> butt on the freaking bench. I'm I'm anything that gets twenty one <laughs> off the field. Let me tell you, I'm here for it. And get him out of the locker room while you're at it because he's a freaking he's just a freaking mess. I just I'm so. 
I've never gone from <laughs> loving somebody to hating somebody so much in like a two, oh, three-year period as I have on that guy. And I should have known all along because he's had that body, that not caring attitude yeah. his whole time he's been in Dallas. But I let his talent – I let him get away with it right. the first three years because of how talented he was. But <laughs> now that his talent's gone, done with the guy. Get him on out. Worst, worst running back in the league as far as I'm concerned. All right, last 1 p.m. start game here that I'm looking at. Chiefs-Dolphins. I think this will actually be a pretty good game. Um, I'm going crazy here. I'm going with the Dolphins in the upset. Brian Flores is too smart. He's going to he's gonna have Patrick Mahomes in. Patrick Mahomes is going to be feeling some heat today. Flores is way too smart of a defensive coach. The, Bengal, uh, the Dolphins have a really good defense. And I'll tell you what, I've watched the Chiefs play a lot over the last three weeks. The Chiefs' defense is terrible. They are nowhere near as good as they were last year when they won the Super Bowl. So I'm going Miami in an upset today. Obviously, I can see the Chiefs winning too because they're the Chiefs. I'm but thinking upset, the Chiefs will be Miami. motivated. I, I think that uh, that showing against Denver was poor. And I think, you know, Patrick Mahomes, I think he gets up for the, the, the matchups with the quarterbacks. I think he'll get up for uh, – yeah, for two up keeping keeping two in his place. I know Flores is tough and he'll have a he'll have a game plan there, but any weapons and I think they'll I think they'll actually beat the Dolphins by ten or more. Okay, yeah, I mean I could definitely see that happening. I just um you know, I like Brian Flores as a coach, and I just I don't think the Chiefs are the same Chiefs as they were last year. I don't know, just something's different about them. I'm 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 thinking still they're going to make the Super Bowl, but wouldn't be shocked. I think they got a little fat cat going uh, on the there. Playoffs. I I definitely do, and I think they just I don't know if it's injuries or you know they really can't run the football at all. I mean that's number one. Um, they rely they rely solely almost it feels like of Tyree Kill and Kelsey to bring them offense. I don't even see like Nicole Harbin or Sammy Watkins doing much like they did last year. They're basically a a two weapon pony on offense. So I just think when they get into the playoffs, that a smart defensive coordinator is going to key in on that, and I think they're going to make Mahomes' life a little bit a little bit difficult. Um, the four p.m. start. This is actually probably the best game of the week other than the Sunday night, Monday night uh, matchups, which are really good. But Colts Raiders, seems like the Colts play a good team every week, man. The Colts always are like the best game of the week is the Colts game. Uh, Colts Raiders are going to be – that's going to be a really good game. Looks like that one's in uh, Las Vegas, so they're traveling. But I'm still going to go with the Colts. I like the Raiders. I love what John Gruden's doing. But that Indy team is special, man. I think that Indy with that defense – could be one of the teams that knock off one of these top AFC teams, a la a Chiefs or a Steelers or something of that nature. So yeah, me too. Um, I think the Raiders, for whatever reason, they get they'll have the hot, you know, the hot starts and everything. I just think, uh, I think the Colts are, are prime, man. I, I like the Colts in that 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 foundation that they have, and I I think they'll win. It'll be a close game. Don't get me wrong, but I just think the Colts will pull it out. Yep, I agree with that. And then uh, uh, this one just for the NFC East here, Washington football team versus the Niners. 
Um, the old football team is traveling to the West Coast, which is the only reason I'm going with the Niners to win. Also, I believe you got a little Kyle Shanahan revenge game going on here. So although I like the Washington football team a lot and I like what they're doing and I think they're going to be really scary in the NFC East next year, especially if, you know, Alex Smith can continue this the, the way he's playing. Um, I think the Niners are just going to be motivated because of the revenge game for Shanahan being at home. And I think they'll come out and win the game. I think the Washington will really hurt not having Antonio Gibson playing today. I think that's really going to affect them. They they basically key their offense around uh, Antonio Gibson and Terry McLaurin. So not having Gibson yeah, today, I think yeah, is really going to You're right them. with the uh, Shanahan uh, revenge. So he should be the coach of Washington, but there. And I, I, I just, I just think I'm actually right. It's not, but uh, I, I, yeah, I like, I, I like, uh, I me like too. The oh man, here. me too. Yep, me too. And then uh, Philly, New Orleans, kind of talked about it a little bit. Um, I think Jalen Hurts is going to play really well, but man, New Orleans. It's so crazy how much they're able to win without Drew Brees, isn't it? Like two years in a row now, Drew Brees goes out and they just keep winning games like it's nothing. They're the only team that can lose their starting quarterback and just keep winning like it's no big deal. So I'm going to go to New Orleans to win, but I think it will be a close game. I think Jalen will play well, uh, but I think Taysom Hill will play pretty well too. And I think, uh, you know, Sean Payton's just too good. Yeah, me too. Um, that New Orleans defense can be tough. It's just a matter if they show up and want to play like that, you know. But uh, I, I still think it'll be a spark. I, I agree with you, close game. And I think New Orleans will pull it out. But I, I do think that Jalen will, will, will acquit himself very well and just make it another start for uh, him going into next week. Yeah, me too. And, uh, you know, if he can continue that here in about two weeks, he gets to face oh my a God. terrible Dallas Cowboys defense. So that'll make – my God, that'll make any – that'll make a high school quarterback look good. So Jalen should be able to just run all over our freaking defense, if you even call it a defense. Um, and then the Monday night showing, we got Cleveland versus Baltimore. Um, I'm going with Baltimore just for the simple fact that – Every time I've watched Cleveland on a primetime game over the last two years, they pretty much crap the bed and they don't, they just, they cannot handle the bright lights. So even though everything that I see, the Ravens have not been playing well. They let uh, Dallas stick around way too long on Tuesday night. Um, They, you know, were, did not play well against Pittsburgh, obviously with RG3 in the game. So uh, really the Browns are primed to win this game, but with it being a primetime game, I just, I just, Baker Mayfield played so good last week. I think he'll play awful this week. I just I don't believe in that guy. I'm not yeah, me too. Him, so uh, Baltimore, Baltimore actually, you could see where Lamar started gaining some confidence, albeit against the crappy Dallas Cowboys defense. But still, you know, he got good work in. He got some rhythm. <laughs> yep. And uh, I just think that uh, I I think that um, I agree with you, Baker Mayfield. I it's just I don't like his game. You know, I don't I don't like his game. I just think that he was in a program where, you know, you know how college football is. You got all the dominant five stars and everything, yep. is your, you know, going your way. And I just think I don't believe in Baker Mayfield. And I think that uh, I think Baltimore it'll still be a close game, but I think Baltimore will, will win that game. 
Yeah, and not to sound like a disgruntled uh, Cowboy fan, which I obviously am, but uh, how the hell do you let Lamar Jackson take a read option and run 50 yards because, touch for a touchdown on fourth because, down? I'm just wondering. Because how, they how do quit, you allow that they, to happen? They quit on, they, how does that, that happen? That was about the 10th time they've quit on Mike <laughs> Nolan sending the message that we don't like this guy in the defenses that he called. I mean – I mean, Jesus, man. I mean, fourth and two, obviously the ball's going to the best running the runner in the other team, which is Lamar Jackson, the MVP of the league last year. And nobody even touches him. I mean, he literally, I could have ran that read option for, I'd have gone about 10 yards and then I'd have had to slide because my whole body would have been hurting. But Lamar, you know, my God, that, that was just that's that called was pathetic, all time quickness. <laughs> That is definitely called all-time quit. When I saw the highlight of that play, I said, you got to be kidding. And it's fourth down. It's fourth down. Like, you make that play, you stuff them in the backfield, the whole game changes. Like, I just – You know what? And I agree with Michael Irvin. This is where you know it's gone to an all-time low because the Cowboys was the actual Sunday night game tonight. You know, and it – Oh, excuse me, next Sunday. Yeah, next they, week. and then flex next them Sunday. out. And Jerry doesn't have Sunday. a problem. They flex with them out. So that yep. lets you know that they're they are uh they are we're yep. all time low. When we got flexed, that was the new low. Yep. Next week's <laughs> supposed to be us against San Francisco on Sunday oh. night, and they flexed us completely out. And oh, I don't man. even remember what matchup they flexed in, but it wasn't even like a great match. It wasn't like a two, you know, undefeated squads going against each other or anything like that. Like they flexed us out for just a, a regular game. And I'm like, man, like this is, we have hit rock bottom. Right. The Cowboys can't even play primetime anymore. That's, that is rock bottom. Well, look, man. Hey, let's talk a little so, preseason. Let's talk but, a little NBA, man. I got some great news for you. All right, man. Well, give me your news. I didn't get a chance to see the preseason stuff the other night. I know you were texting me a little bit about it, Clippers, Lakers. So hopefully you got good news for me, man. The Clippers okay, going to win the, the championship. Is that you. the news you're giving you me? You guys have the right coach. Okay. And you got the perfect complement of players okay. so far. And you have a new Montrez Harrell, who I think is even better than Montrez Harrell. Okay? Absolutely. Yes. Number Which 25. Is a kid from I still don't know his name. I'll, I'll, I'll find out his name tonight. But it, it, it's it's outrageous. It's, it's like a, I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name. Um because it is something that is – I know exactly what you're talking about, and his name is just wild. So I'm not even going to pr- uh, try to pronounce Dude, it. But number 25 we'll number can 25 play the game. Right and how I know he can play the game, because Kawhi was all over him, okay? This dude is going to help y'all tremendously, all right? He just is. But Luke Kennard perfectly fits with Kawhi and PG. Serge Ibaka perfectly fits with Kawhi and PG. Okay, so I'm just letting you know the sets that you guys are running. You you guys got Twitter breaking down all the sets, all the analytics guys that do stuff for the Lakers, and they really, really like what the Clippers is doing and what they're about. So um, they had some nice offensive sets. They 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 the ball is not the, the ball stays popping. Okay, it's moving. Um, there's not a lot of ISO with Kawhi and PG like it was. And Ty Lue, man, 
is uh, the, the, the Clippers started out a little funky the first couple of minutes. And Ty Lue called a timeout, man, and he they showed the timeout. And he was on those guys, and he was directly looking at Kawhi, man. So, and they came out and they had a little mini run and things of that nature. But I like, I like what I saw. That's all I can tell you. Now, will it all come together for them to beat? Because the Lakers won the game and the Lakers did not play any of their starters. Okay. Um, but for the most part, what I'm saying is, um, and Patrick Beverly was, Patrick Beverly and Lou Williams, I thought they played very well. You know, they were actually, and Lou Williams was actually trying on defense. So I, I like what I saw, man. I, I I was like, man, he's gonna be pretty. He's gonna be pretty happy. But that Luke Kennard fit is gonna be. I know you're not high on him, but the guy knows how to play the ball. He knows how to play the game. I I, I really like what they did in the off season. Well, yeah, I mean, if you look back at the previous uh, Clippers regime before Kawhi and Paul George got there, that's kind of what they were. Just a lot of players that fit nicely together, no real superstars, and, you know, they, they were pretty good. I mean, my God, they uh, went six games against the fully staffed Warriors team that had Duran and Steph and Clay, and they took them six games to a playoff series with no superstar. You know what I'm saying? You basically, that was a Lou Williams, Montrezl Harrell, Gallinari team so that probably does flip the Clippers style a little bit to be instead of having so many egos on one squad um I like Ty Lue I definitely believe yeah. he's the guy he's the right guy for the job I'm down with Ty Lue yep. he has a lot of experience he has experience coaching stars yep and that's what I like Ty Lue knows how to handle a superstar handle yep. LeBron I think he'll be fine handling Kawhi Leonard so I I like uh Ty Lue um yep as the guy that's kind of bringing all the glue together. I don't know, man. I'm just, I wonder, I hate to even say this because I do have a lot of respect for the guy, especially personally, but I just don't know about Doc Rivers anymore. I know Doc had a great, uh, great run as a, you know, with Boston back in the day, but even before, uh, you know, this new Clippers style, like I really wasn't high on Doc because I thought they should have won more when they had, Blake, right. DeAndre, and uh, and then CP3. So they could never really get over the hump there either. So right. I think getting Doc out of there is definitely the right move. Um, so we'll see how it goes going forward. I'm still telling – I still believe – Yeah, I do agree that with that. Do I, I do agree with that. Trade yep. deadline. Yep, they I still do. think they need to bring one guy in. Yeah, and I think if they if they are pretty good at the trade deadline, they have a pretty good record. I think they will pull the trigger and go get something. And I still believe they got to get Lou Williams out of there. So those are the two things that worry me the most going forward. One is Lou Williams going to mess the chemistry of the team up, and two, I think they still got to get one star at the trade deadline. I think they can roll with this roster until the trade deadline, but when the deadline comes, they got to bring somebody in. I don't really. I mean, there there might be many options at the trade deadline. We'll kind of see how it how it all plays out. So depending on what teams are struggling and and whatnot. So yeah, I'm excited for this year. I think it's going to be yeah. fun. And dude, basketball tips off. Dude, like a I watched I mean, a little like bit a of the Hornets and, and the stuff, Raptors so last night. Okay, um, I'm just going to give you a heads up. That's Fred Van Fleet's team now. All right. Yep. So remember, I talked about the whole Cal Lowry possibly. Um, yep. I still think that's in play. I really do. They kind of talked yep. about it a little bit on the uh, Charlotte Hornets uh, 
broadcast. But that was a good game. And actually, I was very impressed by LaMelo Ball. He played a great game last night, man. The, the Hornets look really good. I, 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 I know people are like, man, this guy's talking about NBA preseason. But, man, the, the basketball has been really good so far with, you know, like all the games. So I'm 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 really excited about where they're headed at for this year, and obviously the Lakers and the Clippers play tonight at eight thirty on ESPN. If you're interested, also, so yeah, man. Yep, yep. I'll be turning into that as yeah. I'll be turning into that as well. Yeah. I saw Ball play a little last night too. Absolutely, man. And he played and, really and, well. I was I was yeah, really impressed. I here's my breakout player, Luca. Dallas is going to be a tough this year, man. They really are. Dallas is going to be tough, and I think the Bucks are going to take a step back. I really do. Yeah, I agree with you. And this is Giannis's. If he doesn't do good, he's probably out. So, or he's probably out of Milwaukee and going somewhere else. Absolutely, so man. It'll be but look, man. So to see how that plays we'll out. We'll be in this touch. Time. This has been great. Always good to talk back with you, man. And uh, have a great day, my man. All right, take it easy, bud.